You're listening to Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast, dedicated to exploring the full potential of human physiology and mind with focus on ancient and modern techniques of self-development. Spend some time with Dr. Nader, who is leading the way in the science of consciousness and begin your journey to better understanding the relationship of mind and body, consciousness and physiology right now. In this episode, Dr. Nader explains that one of the many ways the Veda is expressed in its full value is through a story, the story of Ram, the story of the Ramayana. The Ramayana is a story of what is happening within us. It speaks to the different aspects of our physiology, how they interrelate to each other, and how they lead through the steps of development to greater and greater coherence and unity, ultimately to the state of unity consciousness. This is the true meaning of the Ramayana. It is a great joy to be participating in this fourth international Ramayana conference. And I would like to thank the organizers for organizing such great conferences and for inviting me to participate. Ramayana is an epic, a story. It's part of history. It's a detection of so many levels of life, moral, philosophical, social, diplomatic, political, and has so many characters of teaching and instructions in so many levels of life. Chivalry, strength, purity, power, holding one's word, but also jealousy, fear, expectations about the future, premonitions, and some extraordinary level of life that are normally considered fantastical and unusual, and achievements that are of profound levels and supernatural aspects that can be seen and considered from the surface level. It is thanks to Maharishi Mahesh Yogi that I discovered a new dimension of the Ramayana. For Maharishi, every story of life, every event, everything that happens physiologically, biologically, socially, on the cosmic level, as well as on the tiny levels of the atoms and molecules, is an expression of the laws of nature. And the laws of nature are expressed in different, different layers of creation, but the reality of all there is, is consciousness, is pure being. It is the one consciousness, the one unbounded field of pure existence, pure being, pure knowingness, that manifests into all aspects of existing realities, physical realities, material realities, and their relationship on the mineral level, the biological level, the organic level, on the level of human functioning, on the level of society, and on the level of relationships between societies, nations, and the world. The laws of nature in modern times are mostly understood in physical terms, in terms of gravity, weak forces, strong forces, the forces of gravity and electromagnetism, and their relationship that come together to create the laws of physics, and then on a more complex level, the laws of chemistry, 
and then the laws of biology. And from biology, we go to physiology and psychology and sociology. And all that is that constructs our universe and maintains it in order, progressing and evolving towards higher and higher achievements. Marshi therefore sees in Veda and Vedic literature as a perfect expression of the laws of nature. Veda therefore and its literature is not just a philosophy or poetry or knowledge that is to be understood on an intellectual level, but also a knowledge that comes from direct experience of how the unmanifest pure consciousness manifests as reverberations, fluctuations that become the surface aspects of existence, the surface aspects of reality. It is like physics describing that all the material level comes from energy and all the energy and the forces of nature are electromagnetic, weak forces, strong forces, gravitational forces, are ultimately unified in a unified field of all the laws of nature. Veda and Vedic literature is a science of awareness, a science of consciousness that says the same thing. It says that one field of pure existence, pure consciousness, pure awareness becomes and appears as the multiple aspects of the universe that we observe. Therefore, different stories of life, different experiences in life, are the stories and the experiences of the dynamics of the laws of nature interacting one with the other. These dynamics are partial in some cases, they are more complete in other cases, and they are quite all-encompassing in other cases. The Ramayana is a story of total natural law as it is part of Veda, which is total knowledge, total aspects of the laws of nature, the laws of life, the will of God, if you wish. And they are expressed on the level of the Veda in sound and its fluctuations and reverberations and in the Vedic literature in different ways. Ramayana is part of Itihas, which includes Ramayana and Mahabharat, tells the story of natural law in a story form, in a form where there are events that happen, events that take place and that unfold, and we know the beautiful events that happen in the Ramayana. This total natural law expression in the Ramayana, therefore, is an expression of how the laws of nature manifest, interact with each other, and lead to development. Development from certain situations to ultimately reaching the highest level of potential development in society, which is in the Ramayana expressed in Ram Raj, which is a heavenly life on earth where the rain comes on time, everything is perfect, everyone gets what their needs are, and everybody lives content and happy and fulfilled, and all is according to the laws of nature. Life is in tune with the will of God, and therefore it is a fulfilling life, and a life that is holy and blossoms in bliss consciousness. So that is the outcome of the fullness of the Ramayana. 
The human physiology has been described as being Brahman, as being totality, wholeness, aham brahmasmi, and also as being Veda, Vedoham. That reality is not only truly expressed and beautifully expressed in Vedanta and the Vedic literature and Veda, but also in many aspects of all literatures of the spiritual knowledge and religions and different belief systems. For example, in the Bible, it is said that humans are created in the image of God, which means humans contain wholeness, are an expression of wholeness and of totality. They include all the laws of nature. We also heard in the Testaments, in the New Testament, that the kingdom of heaven is within us, kingdom of heaven within you. In the Tao, thou art the Tao, thou art that. In Islam, uh, consider yourself to be an atom in which the whole universe has folded itself. So if human physiology, which is able to experience the transcendent through transcendental meditation, which is able to experience higher states of consciousness, such as transcendental pure consciousness, as well as higher states of cosmic consciousness, God consciousness, and unity consciousness. The human physiology, which upholds the ability to experience such higher levels of consciousness, and which has been declared to have within it all the laws of nature, all the Veda, has been done in the image of the divine, therefore has a dynamic and a progression and activities within its physical structure that must really resemble uh, and be in tune with total natural law. So the equation that we face is we have Ramayana, which is also an expression of total natural law in a story form, and we have the physiology, which is an embodiment of total natural law. So Marishi guided me and inspired me to see the relationship between what is happening in the Ramayana and what happens in the human physiology, how the human physiology develops, and how it reaches levels of awareness that are on the level of heavenly life, on the level of bliss consciousness, total moksha, liberation, and fulfillment. And this is indeed what was my joy and astonishment to discover, and that is that all the characters, all the events, all the places, the rivers, all the aspects of kingdoms, relationships between husband and wife, between a king and the subjects, between mothers and their children, fathers and their children, between the kings and the rishis and the forests and what happens in the forests, and the relationship between factors that are out of balance, such as fighting rakshasas or building bridges, and then having the loss of certain values and then recovering them, all of these values are actually available in the human physiology. And it is possible to trace the story of the Ramayana as it is recounted, as it is told, as it is recited in the Vedic text of the Ramayana, through the story of the development of the human physiology. And we find here interesting categories and interesting places that actually really can be found in the physiology. 
starting from the higher values of the leadership, which is described as kings and Ram and the brothers of Ram and the kingdom of Ram and the father of Ram, Dasharat, and the mothers of Ram, we find that these higher values are in the higher parts of the nervous system, such as in the cortex, where there is the leadership of the activity of the physiology, and where we see consciousness most expressed in its highest form, and where we have anticipation of the future and planning, decision-making. But this part develops from childhood into adulthood and into higher states of consciousness. This part, as well as the whole physiology, goes from the birth and then child development, balancing the physiology and then going into higher states of consciousness ultimately. And this is how the Ramayana unfolds. We can see that from the time of the birth of Ram, there is that rulership, but it is not ruling over the entire kingdom. It is ruling over certain parts and patches and things are not completely balanced yet. It's the same as the child trying to walk. And then there are rishis that come into effect, such as Vishwamitra guiding the young Ram to be balanced and to be able to use uh, the bow and arrow and look properly and shoot the arrow properly. And we see that this is the way the child gets developed and gets balanced and gets to shoot the arrows properly. The arrows and the bow of Ram, which is very important in the story of the Ramayana, is the nervous system through the vertebral column, which looks like a bow. And the arrows are the nerves that come out of the vertebral column and that shoot electrical impulses, which means uh, make the whole physiology function based on their output and also on the detection of what is happening from the outside. And that is the scene that is seen in the Ramayana as the return of the arrow of Ram to its quiver. So there is this feedback loop. It is said that Ram, when shoots an arrow, the arrow goes, achieves the purpose, hits the target, and comes back to the quiver. There is that feedback loop that is happening. The rishis are parts of the nervous system also. They are the nuclei inside the midbrain and the brainstem which are in an area that often is described as the reticular formation because it is like a forest. It's full of arboration of nerves. And there are these condensed nuclei that have specific functions. And we find that these nuclei are exactly corresponding to the rishis and even the sequence in which they are mentioned in the Ramayana they can be present and seen as a proper sequence of the way Ram meets them one after the other in the nervous system. We see that there is a correspondence between the different values. For example, the four brothers of Ram, they correspond to the four lobes, four parts, main parts of the brain, and then they come together as one entity. So that is at the end when they are all coherent and all working functionally and effectively as one entity. And that is how the whole wholeness of the nervous system comes together through the development of consciousness, through transcending, through transcendental meditation. So we find these similarities, we find these places. We find that also the mothers, for example, of the different individuals, they correspond to the nourishing value of the arteries, of the 
nourishment that brings all nourishment and support and sustenance. And they correspond also one-to-one to the different aspects and different characters in the Ramayana as they are corresponding to different divisions and subdivisions in the nervous system and even in the cardiovascular system. Because Sita is present in the heart and we can see that Sita, who represents Mahalakshmi, has its two qualities of Radha and Rama. And we see that the descriptions of the function and the colors and all of that are also present within the human physiology. So whether it's servants, workers, rivers, trees, places, rishis, kings, rakshasas, they all can be found in the human physiology. And the relationship between them and how they develop through the story of the Ramayana is the same flow of growth and development and evolution of the human physiology till the age of adulthood and then beyond just adulthood, the ability to reach higher states of consciousness and get enlightened. These different different factors are very specific. One can take hours to discuss them. I have put them in a book called Ramayana and Human Physiology which explains these details in great detail and great specificity of relationship such that every event, every aspect of the Ramayana is actually a phenomenon happening in our human physiology. What this tells us is all is consciousness, all is oneness, the laws of nature embodied in our human physiology are the same laws of nature that conduct the affairs of the universe and they are described in the Ramayana. So the Ramayana can be seen also as a description of the laws of nature that conduct the entire universe from a very fundamental level and that conduct the affairs and functioning and growth and development of our own human physiology. So between matter and energy and consciousness, the limits and the lines get blurred. Ultimately, there are no lines. It's a continuous reality of one consciousness appearing as energy and fluctuations of energy and appearing as matter. And all this is available and explained in its dynamics in the Ramayana, as well as displayed in our own human physiology. At the end of the day, when we transcend through transcendental meditation and its advanced technique, go beyond the surface value and inspire and use all the resources of pure being, pure consciousness that are within us, we can live a life of fulfillment, a heavenly life on earth, which is a life in the field of unity consciousness, in the highest field of awareness. And that is similar to the creation of Ram Raj, heaven on earth, on the social level. So the individual, society, the cosmos, consciousness at its basis, consciousness at all aspects of life is the reality that manifests on the surface level. It is told and expressed in different ways in the Veda and the Ramayana is a supreme way, a scientific way of expressing total natural law and showing us the potential, the possibility, and ultimate realization that we can live life in perfection, society can live in perfection, if we are in tune with natural law, in tune with total natural law, with Veda, 
which is a science and technology. So Veda is not a belief system. It is a science of life. It's a science of the dynamics of how the laws of nature manifest, how they interact with each other to create steps of evolution for perfection and bliss to be lived in life. All glory to the tradition of Vedic masters that has given us this knowledge of perfection of life. We have in our tradition Gurudev Brahmananda Sarasvati, and who was the Shankaracharya of Jyotirmat, and his disciple whom he sent in the world to teach that knowledge, His Holiness Maharshi Mahesh Yogi, from whom we have all this insight into natural law and the technology of how to develop the full potential of life to create peace in society, as research has shown, by removing darkness through transcending. When a group of people practice transcendental meditation together and its advanced techniques, it has been shown that conflicts are reduced, that problems are removed, that wars are diminished, that there is prosperity, reduction in hospital admissions, reduction in uh, conflict and crime, and therefore there is a powerful effect on health, mind, body, integration, behavior, as well as on the level of society. So Veda is a science of technology and all glory to the knowledge and to all those who uphold that knowledge and understand it in its fullness for perfection to be lived in individual and social life. Thank you for tuning into Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast. And if you're interested in learning more from Dr. Nader, please follow him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.